Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Fishing for Men with Mac show. Hi, everybody. To those who listen often and expect a weekly podcast, I just need to apologize for being quiet. I think it's about two weeks that I've been off the air. It's it's the first time that I've really skipped a week. Um, I've been away on a hunting trip and that was just absolutely fantastic. But here I am back and I'm talking about the 22 reasons to stop believing in God. Um, and to, tonight or today, wherever you, whenever you listen to this, these are the two questions that I'm going to be dealing with in this podcast. Does science beat religion or shall I say, does science beat faith in God? And can you be a good person? even if you don't believe in God. And if those two questions at all interest you, then you will do well to continue listening to this podcast. For those of you who don't know this, the video that I am basically rebutting, the 22 reasons to stop believing in God video, is a is a video on YouTube that you can find. You can go look at it yourself and look at the objections there. Um, now, I've been talking about the contents of that video, and only recently I took the time to find out who the person is that is actually talking in that video. And you might think that that's a little bit weird, but the reason why I didn't really bother about who the person is, is because it doesn't really matter who he is. This show is not about uh, breaking down people. It's not about um, objecting to individuals or taking on uh, people's personalities, etc. This show is all about taking on ideas ideas that don't make sense this 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 show is about elevating truth and breaking down bad ideas so it's about raising good ideas and breaking down bad ideas but in any case here is his name his name is Himant Mita Meta I don't know how you pronounce that in anyways he actually seems like a very nice guy he writes a blog and runs a podcast called the friendly atheist um, so he's a guy that um, seems to be friendly, but he's an atheist, and that's quite cool. He has a couple of degrees and have done some great stuff. Quite a popular guy, seems to be quite sharp, has loads of followers, etc. But that, in a sense, is a little bit of a disappointment, um, because this video that he made um, doesn't really contain any good and really well thought through arguments against the belief in God. I would expect a little bit more meat, but I understand he's maybe just throwing out one-liners um, towards people who do believe in God. Today, however, I think he's got two good arguments, and these arguments are, are often arguments held by non-believers that sort of hold a little bit of water, so we're going to have some, some meat for this podcast. And I, I just want to remind you, before I look at these two questions briefly, um, I just want to remind you about CoCare. Please go check out CoCare Foundation. The website is www.cocare.co.za and you can go check them out on Facebook. It's a, it's it's really a cool NPO and please go like the Facebook page. Um, I'm going off with them tomorrow for a, for a day or two uh, to go and visit a group of people who uh, live in a house. There are 52 of them uh, who live in one house and the COVID story has just caused some serious poverty and we're going to see how we could reach out to them. We're taking them some food, but we, we want to see how we can speak to them about Christ and maybe bring the gospel into their lives. So uh, if you're a person of prayer and you're a person of faith, please pray for that. And um, 
yeah, just think, think, think about CoCare, who's doing an amazing work of not only uh, feeding people food, but feeding them some spiritual stuff. So here's rebuttal 17 and 18 of 22. Um, 17 and 18 among the reasons why it is a good idea to stop believing in God, according to Himant Meta. Uh, number 17 is this. This is his statement in the video. Every time science and religion go head to head, science wins. That's number 17. And number 18. You don't need God to be a good person. Just cut out the middleman. Okay, let me start with the first one. Let me repeat it. Number 17. Every time science and religion go head to head, science wins. Now, a few statements from me. If it was true, there would be no debates about it, right? There wouldn't be any debates about it. If it was true that it was a slam dunk, that science would always beat religion, the people, the great minds of the world wouldn't debate about it. Um, let me give you an example. I mean, nobody debates with people whether the earth is flat or not. We might hear that around conversations around the fire, etc. like that. You know, if we're having a barbecue or a braai or something, or when we have social conversations, we might debate about it. But there hasn't been great minds of the earth, great people that have come together and said, look, we need to debate this issue. It's an important issue. We need to debate why it is and why the earth is round or why the earth is flat, etc., etc. Debates like that just don't happen. Why not? Because it's a slam dunk, ladies and gentlemen. It's a slam dunk. The earth is round. It's been proven over and over again. This, it's, it's not really a debate. There are some people who still think it's, it's flat, but they, you know, they're just a, a small group on their own. Um, but this question, this question about science versus religion is something that people, that the greatest minds of our world debate. Go check out the debates between Christopher Hitchens and guys like William Lane Craig. Go check out Christopher Hitchens versus John Lennox. Go look at John Lennox versus Richard Dawkins. Go check out uh, the debate, does science refute God? Just go go YouTube it. Does science refute God? You have there some great minds. You've got Dinesh D'Souza, Michael Shermer, Lawrence Krauss, and Ian Hutchinson debating this. Okay, so to take this statement to say that every time science and religion go head to head, science wins, that is a far stretch. In actual fact, if you go look at those debates, it's actually the opposite. But in any case... So that's my first statement. If it was true, there would be no debates about it. Secondly, if it was true, there would be no religious scientists. Right? If if science just trumps religion and sort of says, well, science proves God doesn't exist, then there wouldn't be any Christian scientists. Yet, statistically, three out of five scientists say they don't believe God exists. That means that two out of five scientists believe in God. Two out of five scientists believe in God and they all use the same data but come to different conclusions. All right. Also, just to note, make a note of this, most of the founders of science, the guys who created science, right, the fathers of science, they believed in God. Albert Einstein, Blaise Pascal, Francis Bacon, Galileo Galilei, Isaac Newton, I can go on and give list, lists of people who have contributed tremendously to science, okay, who were actually believers in God. And this brings me to the next point. Most thoughtful Christians don't believe that science opposes God. 
for them it's not an issue science or religion it's like they're not mutually exclusive these scientists didn't believe science uh, would disprove god these guys who um who started science and who believed in god they didn't they didn't go out okay we're going to start science now and that's going to prove that god doesn't exist no they believe that science simply reveals how the creation god made works in other words you can be a christian and believe in science sometimes science is right and other times it's not science often changes new scientific discoveries trump previous ones uh, interestingly science has never refuted what the bible says well i know some eyebrows are lifting now but you you might say but well, what about the sun i mean for thousands of years people believed that the sun was turning around the earth and we we can go read joshua chapter 10 which seems to be indicating that uh, joshua thought that the sun is turning around the earth because he said the sun stood still in the sky so the bible is unscientific because joshua joshua said that the sun was turning around the earth well that is what it looked like before science showed us that it is not the case all right when joshua was standing on the earth he didn't have 21st century scientific knowledge when he looked at the sun he assumed he assumed that's how it works Okay, they didn't have spaceships back then. They didn't fully understand how the world and everything in the world works. And that is the beauty of science. Science helps us to understand the world that God created better. And in actual fact, if we want to say, well, religion is ridiculous and science is everything, then, you know, it's a little bit of a problem because Joshua or the scientists of Joshua's day believed the sun revolved around the earth. Okay, and so Joshua was simply stating what the scientists of the day were saying. Okay, so science changes over time. Now, many years later, we know that the earth is turning around the sun. And also what I have to say, and I've said this before in this podcast, is that the Bible is not a science book. It is a love letter. The purpose of the Bible is not to be scientific in the first place. Although it does contain some truths that we do find in science, um, it is not a scientific book. That's not the, the reason why it exists. Um, so science and religion, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. So to just answer the objection in a nutshell, every time science and religion go head to head, science wins. It is simply not true, number one. Number two, um, science and religion, they don't actually have to go head to head. They are complementary um, they don't have to conflict with each other. Let's look at the second objection for today, number 18. You don't need God to be a good person. Just cut out the middleman. I think that's an argument that many people have raised, and I think that is quite a good argument. That is something interesting to talk about. It is absolutely true that you don't need to be a Christian to be a good person. You don't need to believe in God to be a good person atheists are sometimes good people and christians are sometimes bad people you don't have to believe in god to be moral but here is the important issue how do we know what is good that's the real issue how do we know what is good if god doesn't exist then there isn't a universal standard of what is good okay let just just think through that how do we determine what is good? Where does, where does this idea of good come from? And if good exists, then bad exists. And who determines that? 
if there's no universal moral law, okay, who determines what is good and what is bad? The fact that both Christians and atheists can do good is actually proof that God exists. Think about it. Because the Christian's worldview state, or the Christian worldview states, that God's moral laws have been written in our hearts. That is every human being's heart. We know what is good and bad because we all have been made in the image of God. Okay, so the, the fact that both Christians and atheists can do good is proof that God exists. There has to be a moral law somewhere planted in our hearts and our minds. You might be saying, well, it, it, it's just not true. We, we just don't have that. Okay, well, let me give you an example. Um, and this is actually, there's a few examples that I'm going to use that actually was brought up by Dinesh D'Souza in a debate with Peter Singer about God and morality. And he talks about you are walking along the river and there's a guy busy drowning in the river. Okay, he's twice your size and he's busy crying out for help. Why would you go help him? If, if there's no moral code in our minds that says care for other people, etc., etc., why would you go help that guy? Because according to evolution, for example, you would, uh, we would think that we want to preserve ourselves, etc., 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 and you wouldn't risk your own life to save somebody else. I mean, especially if the guy is twice your weight, why would you go into the water to, to help him? But in that moment, something is telling you, something inside of you is telling you, go help. Something is saying, swim out and, and go help that guy, even if you risk your life. Okay? Where does that voice come from? And let's say, for example, you decide you're not going to help him and you walk away from there. What is going to go on in your mind? Something. If you're a normal person, something's going to eat at you. Something's going to sort of ask you the question, look, wasn't, shouldn't you have saved him? Couldn't you have saved somebody's life? And the question is, where does that voice come from that is inside of us? Where does it come from? The Christian worldview says we have received a moral code, a moral law that has been imprinted inside of us. Well, someone might be tempted to say we developed our own moral code through evolution. As animals evolved into humans, they developed this moral code. Well, I can't see how that works. Um, one of the reasons would be if we made up the rules and laws that work inside of us, uh, we would not have made them so unachievable. So I would say that there is no ev evolutionary basis for morality. I mean, if, if we actually sat down and made a bunch of rules, I think the rules would look quite differently than the rules that we experienced inside of us. Those who say that there is an evolutionary basis for morality, they, they usually say that there are two reasons why. And these are also, these were shared by Dinesh D'Souza in his, in his debate with Peter Singer. Uh, he, he, first of all, he talks about reciprocal altruism. And that basically means, be nice to me and I'll be nice to you. Be nice to me and I'll be nice to you. That's one of the, the, the reasons why we do good. That's the, in the evolutionary uh, basis, for example. Like um, if, if you have a business deal with somebody, you want to sell somebody something, you would, you'd be nice to that business person because you know in the future that person will buy from you. You get that? And so it's really a morality that is self-interested. Okay, that's so that's the one reciprocal altruism. We do good to people because we expect that one day they will do good back to us. That's the reason why we do it. Okay, then there is the second one is the shared gene, like a, a mom. 
the, the a child is stuck in a car that's busy burning and the mom will jump into that car with the fire trying to save her child because that child carries her genes and she wants she's got this natural inclination to let her genes move on to the next generation that's the reason why she does the good deed by jumping into the car now the question is does that work i think in some instances we do things uh for example for our children because we want them to survive into the next generation there's definitely something built into us to protect our children right and there's definitely something sometimes built into us that we do things so that other people can do good things back to us but it's just not always the case uh, for example if you like the example that dinesh gives uh, if you go onto a bus one day and you are sitting on your seat and an old lady, like a 19-year-old lady, comes onto the bus and you could see she's struggling to stand and struggling to, um, you know, there's no seat for her. Uh, you're going to stand up and you're going to give her your seat, right? What is it that's going to make you do that? Now, let's look at the evolutionary reasons. Are you going to do that? Because of reciprocal altruism? Because if you're nice to her, she's going to be nice to you? In other words, next week when you get onto the bus she's gonna give her seat to you no you see that doesn't work there's something else there's another reason why you are helping that old lady some moral thing in your mind is telling you let her rather sit and where does that come from there's no evolutionary answer for that uh, you might say well it's the shared gene well here's the thing that lady is nothing of you she's not she's not your child She's not your family, so why would you do that? So that also doesn't work. There has to be another reason why we do good deeds, why we do good things. And I believe it is definitely based on the fact that God has imprinted his laws on our hearts. We have been made in his image. We are not animals. So let me just give a summary so far. Evolution doesn't give us answers for the moral voice inside our heads. Evolution can't answer that. And just a last note on this. If you look at history, the most godless societies have also been the most cruelest. Just go look it up. Go look at um, some of the mass murders in history. Um, how atheism was responsible for that. Go check out what Paul Potts did, for example. People who think that societies can still be good without God are making a big mistake consider for example christian schools and, and people know this people know the value of belief in god and the moral principles that we find from christianity we've got morals we've got like christian schools around here uh, where we live and what is interesting for me i've got a, a a little nephew that goes to one of these christian schools and i i asked him do the kids in your school actually believe in god he said most of the kids don't actually believe in god most of the godless kids go to christian schools and most of the parents actually also don't believe in God. And that I found very interesting. Why would a godless person send his kid specifically to a Christian school when he could send his kid to a secular school? What's the reason? Because godless people know within their hearts and their minds that the Christian values, the God values, the moral values are good and they want their children to have it. They know it makes their lives better. So, Two final points to consider. The West is more compassionate than the East. You can generally see that. 
If there's some disaster somewhere in the world, let's say Africa, the West, uh, the more Christian nations are first to say, look, how can we help? But the East, China, those guys, they generally quite silent when it comes to such assistance, unless they can get something out of it. And the East, coincidentally, seems to be, the, especially the, the government, is by far more atheist than the, than the West. Um, another example as well as the poor conservative Christians, poor conservative Christians are more compassionate than wealthy liberal secularists. And there's been research done on this. Uh, and what that basically means, for those who maybe don't understand the big words, is that people who believe in God are generally more prone, even if they are poor, to help other people in need than people who are extremely wealthy and don't believe in God. In other words, they're atheists. They will do less. They'll be less compassionate. It's been statistically proven. So just to recap this this argument, you don't need God to be a good person, just cut out the middleman. I think you need to really go think twice about that. History tells us a different story. History tells us that when you do cut out the middleman, things go pear-shaped fairly quickly and fairly badly. Um, also, we won't know what is good if Christianity did not exist. We won't know what is good if God did not exist. How would we make up what is good and what is bad? Um, you see, there is no evolutionary basis for explaining where morality comes from. So, in the conclusion, for those of you who have been listening to the shows, and those of you who have not, um, I usually try to give two rebuttals um, in response uh, to the atheist community that's sort of in line with the two that I've dealt with in the show. So, the first one that I would give is this. Every time science and religion goes head to head, science can't win. Every time science and religion goes head to head, science can't win. Scientists assume it must be a slam dunk because it, is, because it bases its understandings on observable facts. And then come the debate and the sobering truth arises that there are more facts in defense of God's existence than in his non-existence. So that's my first statement. Second statement is this. Every time a society or regime cuts out the middleman, cuts out God, turns atheists, the God of morality, that society ends up being a hell and ends up being in hell and ends up causing hell for everybody else. Go check out the examples of history. Guys, have a fantastic week. Love you guys. It's brilliant to be back and I want to encourage you to send these podcasts on to people um, these are important thoughts that people need. Atheism is really growing. People are confused um, about God. They're confused about truth. And this is not about religion. This is about truth. This is about creation. This is about the reason why we exist. This is about where we come from. This is about where we are going. This is about how we determine what is just and right as we live out our lives Love you guys. Bye.